Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. My topic today, is, as I honor this great man of God, is I love that whole redefined term. And I was talking to some of your team about, like, okay, where are we going? Is there a theme? Is there, what's the word? And so, you know, you know what came up in my heart was redefined lostness. I'm going to redefine lostness today. I really want to come from Luke chapter 15. Um, and as we talk about what it is to be lost, and I think I'll be honest with you, when I got saved back in 1997, November the 1st, that morning, I had smoked all the reefer I could smoke the night before. I had drunk all of the liquor that I could drink, and I was getting high with some other people, you know what I'm saying? Not people that look like me. See, when you get high with other people, other people make sure it's always going to be sources, Right? You smoke with us, we're going to skimp it, we're going we gonna to break it down, we're going to make sure I got mine over here, you got yours over there. When it's time to eat, we do what we do. But the reality was I was getting high with some other people. And that next morning, my mother, she said, Jason, go to church with me. I said, that's fine. You know, she had drove and driven in from Atlanta. So I went to church with my mom and went to this little storefront church on Akron Drive. And we had probably about 12 people in that church. And I'm sitting there like, that's fine. You know, I'm good. I'm good until the altar call. You know, sinners, sinners still come to church. Sinners still come to church. So anyways, I was a sinner sitting up in the church, and they got through all of the preaching. Couldn't tell you what the pastor preached, because sometimes sinners just ain't listening, right, until God quickens something. So at the end of that service, he gave the mic to my mother. My mother started testifying, and she said, I was always connected with my mom. Even though my mom didn't raise me, I was still connected with her. She said some things, and I started listening. Then the pastor got the mic back, and the Lord said, today is your day. He said, either now or never. And that was November the 1st, 1997. So that day, when I went up, I felt contrition. I knew what it was to be lost. See, today what I'm seeing more and more and more is more emotional experiences at the altar. And there's not a real, that's not a real surrender. There's not contrition. And I'm concerned because that, that, that false conversion to me is a problem. Now, now, see, I have been, I have been, I've been, you know, in, in the, and I'm not the senior pastor. I've been one of the pastors. So I see a lot in the ministry. And I see a lot in the church. And, you know, I've been faithful. I've been faithful in that role. You know what I'm saying? My wife and I, we've served over 15 years in ministry, period. And so the reality is when I see conversions, I'm just like, I wonder if you really got it. And so to redefine lostness to me is important. Because I don't want you to live a life as if you straight. And then you really get to the place you're like, well, maybe I didn't have it so 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 let, let's 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 get into it and do we have okay cool so next slide let's roll that okay cool so okay cool so 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 let's do that then so let's go to Luke chapter 15 and, and I'm going to read a little bit of my Bible and I'm not sure what translation you have that's King James that's fine but let's go to verse one the Bible says then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him and the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And so let's go ahead and talk about lostness. See, see, you know, people always talk about if Jesus were to come back, you know, if Jesus were to be here, you know, well, you know, where would he? The last place Jesus is going is to church. 
If Jesus was here, he's not coming to church. Why would Jesus come to church? It's almost like us having a flashlight in the daytime. What's the purpose? Jesus is going with folks, you know, sick. Right? He's going to darkness. He's going to places where we used to go, where you dip every now and then, but don't nobody really know that except that crew. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be so easy this morning. Jesus spent time around sinners. He spent time around folk that knew they were filthy. You know what I'm saying? See, see the problem with the church today, see, everybody know how to do this. I have a challenge because the way that I see you guys worshiping, the way that I see church folk act on Sundays, it's not the way I see you act Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I'm, I'm, I'm challenged with that, and that goes back to the contrition thing. See, when God saved me in 1997, see, see I told you I was smoking as most as I look. I smoke plenty of reefer. I smoke even after I was still high. I couldn't get no more high. I'm still smoking because that's how bad I had it. But since that day, no 12-step program. No, 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 no resources. No, no. I hadn't touched it and hadn't had a taste for it up until the day that I'm talking to you right now. Nobody had to sit me down and be like, you know, well, well, this is what happened on the No, 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 no. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, that day I left. I left and didn't touch alcohol or drugs ever again. Nobody had to talk to me about like going through step one processes. No, God touched me. So when I'm sitting at the altar, it's not contrition. And I'm not saying that everybody doesn't have to have the same experience, but there's no brokenness and there's no... See, some of us don't realize we're lost because of the emotional experiences. It's going to work for me right now. This, this is you know, right now. Can I take this off? I don't, I don't want nobody to, you know what I'm saying? I, I did it. I did it. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad about Gore because when I first got saved, I met Gore. Gore and I was working at uh, Carolina Navarro Fabrics right there on Patterson. See, my grandmother lived on, on, on Cleveland in 14th, and I used to walk from Cleveland to Patterson every morning with work. And, and when you first get saved, and Pastor, you, you, you probably can, can test it, is when you first get saved, you're just so hungry. Yes. See, 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 I don't know if you've ever been on drugs, right? I don't know if you've ever had like a habit, right? And, 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 and then you, you, you get rid of that habit, then you move to something else. And see, my Aunt Mel, my Aunt Mel used to give me rides to work. I see you going. My aunt Mel used to give me rides to work. And see, even after I got saved, we used to still smoke Newports and just blow smoke. <laughs> you know, until each other while we was on the way to work. And we used to work in rural hall. And then it came to a point that I let the cigarettes go. But the reality was I was so hungry. I was looking for a church. I was looking for somebody to preach the word. I remember one night I had a friend of mine just to drive me around. It was like a Tuesday night. I don't know. I was so hungry. I wanted somebody to preach. I wanted to hear somebody proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I made it to this church that was on the east side of town. And, you know, they were actually in like a, a, a choir rehearsal that broke up into a Bible study. But I was so hungry. I remember those days. And, 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 and I'm looking for that again. I'm trying to understand that what does a hungry church even look like? Like what does hungry believers look like? See, in our country, in our nation, see, most of y'all have many translations of the Bible. But there's certain places of the world right now that are people that are meeting underground and they don't even have a full Bible. But they're so hungry for God. I was just in Africa just about three years ago and I'm seeing thousands of people on the outside of this two, three thousand member church that they're so hungry for God. They ain't got to see the pastor. They ain't got to be able to see and hear the worship. They're out there. They're hungry for somebody to preach to them the word of truth. But today 
It seems like we just come to church and it's just like another social event of our week. It's just something that's on the calendar. Oh, yeah, let me go ahead and do that right there. Oh, yeah, let me go ahead and do that. Okay, time to give an offering. And there's nothing in it. There's nothing in it. But here Jesus is hanging out with sin. Let's go to verse 11. And he said a certain man had two sons. And see, the interesting thing about this parable is, you know, it's easy to talk about the one lost son. But really, there were two lost sons. And we're going to talk about that today. Did you get my, my quote up there? Y'all got my quote, my PowerPoint? Right here. Karl Marx, you know, which is a philosopher, he made this statement. He said that religion is the opiate of the masses. An opiate. A sedative. You know, the opioid crisis is right now, but it sedates. Listen to what he said. He said that is, it is a sedative that makes people passive toward injustice. Because there will be no pie in the sky by and by. So the reality is most folk of us, especially me and my people, what we used to say is, by and by, when the morning comes, all the same. So, so, so it's like we're waiting for some day that when Jesus is going to come back and make all of this better. So therefore, we don't have any pursuit for justice. We don't have any pursuit to bring really the power of God into situations that are really happening every day. And the challenge, that's because... We, I have a challenge that Winston-Salem and Greensboro was number eight on the most churched towns in the world. Number eight. How is it that we're the most churched areas in the world, but still hunger is a massive issue? Homelessness is a massive issue. You know, you know, you know, uh, 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 child immortality. Like, like, how are we in church? And people still broke. Like, like, what are we doing? Like, like, what? What's going on? Like, we having these phenomenal services, but it's not really impacting lives. It's not really changing people. Like, what are we doing? Like, we just come to come into these caves and kind of have our little service, and then we go back out into the world. And most of us, if we would really be keeping it real, we really trying to take care of us. We driving past car lots and saying, you know, I'm, I'm believing God for that. We driving through neighborhoods and houses that we really like. I can't wait till I get that. We passing homeless people, man, whatever, get a job. If you can stand on this corner and ask for a dollar, and you can go get a job, they'll go get you a dollar. Man, I ain't trying to hear that. And you the church. You the body of Christ. Most of you won't even be honest about it, but you know your kids have no reverence of God. Some of you have like this Sunday kind of thing going on, you know, and I, I remember, you know, you know, uh, 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 there was a song, I Found Love, on a two-way street, and I lost it on a lonely highway. Most of us, we had that. We had that. But something has happened different. It's, I was preaching probably about maybe six or seven months ago, and, and, and I just broke when I was preaching at St. Peter's, and there's got to be more. There's got to be more. If you're telling me that what we did this morning is the reason that Jesus died on the cross, I quit. I quit. There's got to be more than that. You're telling me that people live and they serve in the church all their life and still die broke? I quit. Can't even bury themselves. That's a problem. Fundamentally a problem. I quit. I quit. If that's it, if that's it, really? We might as well take that offer and go buy lottery tickets, right? We might as well go and see if we can just hit that number, just kind of make this bigger and make it bigger and make it bigger and make it flyer, make it flyer, make it flyer, and still miss the very intricate 
of the reason why he died. Paul said, I'm pursuing that which has apprehended me. See, see, there's something that goes deeper than just a service. There's something that there's much deeper than just another verse or another sermon. Revival never comes from preaching alone. Revival comes from repentance. Revival comes from singing the songs of Zion. Revival comes from forgiveness. Remember forgiveness? He says 70 times 7. If you offend me, you do something, I'm going to forgive you again and again like you never did again. Listen, God has forgotten about your mess. He ain't thinking about so this whole mindset of condemnation and you putting yourself up against well I read my Bible more than him and I pray more than her and I do all of this man God ain't pitting you against one another he has placed you up against himself he's his son Jesus that's who you've been compared to so when you stand before God it's not going to be I was the first one in the church and I gave more in the offer than anybody or I read my Bible way more than everybody else so I prayed three more hours than anybody in that church God's going to say but what did you do with it what did you do with it it's like we all trying to get like, we're trying to be like the mother said, well, Jesus, can my son sit on your right and my other's hand on your, it's not about position. I just preached like uh, uh, the other son. I said, listen, I'm not trying to be the best preacher in town. I'm trying to be obedient to what God has called me to do. And if that be working at the door, then that's what I'm going to do. See, all up in this is narcissism, and all up in this is just, you know what I'm saying, see, in the black community, you know what I'm saying, most of the times, if you're a pastor in town, you're on the same level like dignitaries and bosses in them, so you walk around like, that's a problem for me. Because in the reality of Jesus, he walked around not famous. He didn't have websites and HD pics, and he had none of that. He ain't on Instagram. I just saw a post the other day. He said, if Jesus came today, he'd probably be, he would be deported. Y'all want to have that conversation. And see, what's happening is we're being distracted by CNN. We're being distracted by MSNBC. We're being distracted by Fox. We're being distracted by issues of morality. Who's gay? Who's not? Is it okay to let them in the church? Is it okay to let Really? That, that's what you're doing? Okay, well, you stay there and you play with that ruby tube. Well, I'm going to go out here and continue to tear your kids' heads up while more people can get hooked on dope and hooked on drugs. They're saying the biggest burnout right now are therapists. Therapists are getting burned out from trying to help people on opioid crises because they don't understand the blood of Jesus. They don't understand the power of God. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need a therapist because that's part of the process, but I am saying there's something else that you can begin to work with that helped that worked for me. I'm just saying this is something is happening on the inside of me that I'm like, wait a minute. It's got to be more than this. It's got to be more than being fly on Sunday. It's got to be more. You serious? That's why it's hard for you not to say no to them voices that be whispering at you in the middle of the night. Like, yo, come check out this website. I want to show you something. That's why your kids up at night, they can't even study the next day because they on Snapchat trying to be liked. And that's why young people are posting pics of themselves because they don't have no, no reality of who they really are in that whole social media world. And you keep blaming technology and blaming technology and blaming technology. And your kids go to church more than anybody. Word on the streets is them the biggest freaks. 
them church kids because they just feel so, they feel so vulnerable and they feel so like, I want to be liked and I want to be accepted into this culture. But my Bible says, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, but narrow is the way that leadeth to me. And when you go that way, it's going to be lonely. See, I'm redefining lostness right now. Let's move on. Oh, and, 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 and Tim Keller says, he says, yo, he says, Christianity is not an opiate. It should be the smelling salt to awaken the world. Your life and my life should be the smelling salt. Now, that don't mean that you and I go judging people and telling every people what, what's wrong. That means we live it. That means we forgive. That means we don't smack back. We don't strike back. That means that we, 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 when we hear God say move, we move. Isn't it funny when God tells you to go tell somebody, you tell them what God says and what you said? <laughs> Have you ever been trying to win somebody to the Lord or been trying to minister to somebody and you feel when it come over into you now and you're like, okay, like, wait, like, I think I done said too much. Like, now nah, I got to go. You know what? Let me go. Go ahead on. Got to go. My wife called me. I'm going to holler at you next time, but uh, just remember what I said. And uh, there will be people that will come through this ministry just for salvation that God ain't called to stay. See, this whole church growth is anemic. It's, it's like, it's like this, this disease. It's like this, this whole cancerous thing. And it's like we build big buildings so we can get a lot of people to help us pay for it. Like, where, where, like what verses? Do you really think that God cares what size your church is? Do you know that Jesus would win 300 disciples today and lose them within his next sermon? Do y'all read? Everybody looking at me like, man, what is this brother talking about? Like, I'm trying. <laughs> let's roll. Let's roll. Right here. Verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father. Man, give me my money, man. Give me my stuff. He divided them amongst the living. And not many days after that, the young dude was out altogether. He took his journey into far country. And there he wasted his substance. And then he had spent all his money. And there arose a mighty famine in the land. And not only was he broke, the resources were down. Have you ever felt like that young son? I'm like, yo, give me mine. You know how y'all do this time of the year. You're going rapping on them taxes, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Come on, church folk. Give me that money. Give me that money. And it ain't but $687,039, but you got to have it. Ooh! Before you get home, you done spend at least $300. do not trip. Next week, you real mad, right? Young brother said, give me my money. Let me get this paper. <laughs> and when he had spent... All there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want, like you all three days before payday. Yes. Them some long days, and that's some long 24 hours. You like, man, I know I get paid on Oh my God, I got to get. Woo! I hope don't none come up before me. <laughs> and you get to the day before that, you say, "Well, I got to eat. Let me, let me hold, let me hold, um, let me hold something before." <laughs> You're going to get it back tomorrow, man. Just let me. But you the church. 
God says, ask. Seek. Knock. You, let me, let me uh, see if I can. Where's your faith? If you had faith, you probably wouldn't have spent it all. You would have waited and held it up for a famine season. Check this out. Let's continue to move on. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields of the feed swine. And he would have filled his belly with husk and white swine. And he saw the pigs were eating better than him. Verse 17. And when he came to himself. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you got to come to yourself. You know, as a believer, we do that all the time. Have you ever found yourself in a conversation on the phone and you talking about somebody else? And then you realize you're talking about yourself. Isn't it funny? How are you going to smack on somebody else? The next thing you know, you just like, wait a minute, that's me. Thank God for coming to myself moments in my life. That helps me to mature as a believer. Right? He came to himself. Verse 18, and he said, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him. Now, now see, verse 18 separates most of us. See, some of us, were so prideful. We ain't going to repent. Because we know that, you know, as soon as we go down, like I told you so. I gave you the money, but I knew it's going to be back. Right? Mm. He says, Father, I have sinned against you. And not only you, he said, and heaven. So he had been taught properly. And so the young son, the young brother, the young brother understands the fact that he had messed up. And he said, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he, he was yet far off, now that's the cool thing about God. God sees you coming even in the distance. Before I got saved, 19, November the 1st, 1997, God saw me afar off. That's why doors begin to close. Isn't it interesting how things begin to happen? If you really look back to when you got saved, you understand. I think people stopped falling away for they couldn't help you. They couldn't do this. You know, I, you know, when I was in the world, you know, I could, it was funny. I, have, I didn't have to have money, and I would find people who asked to read. I would find people that could take care of those other needs that I have for the world. But when it was time for me to come in, I started doing crazy stuff like calling the police on myself. Like, like who does that? Like, like really? Like, how high are you that you that dumb? But I see, I grew up in pages. So Y'all young folks, I grew up when we had pages. And what we used to do is we used to dial the number, then you put in 911 if I want you to come real quick. But I had hung up the phone because I was drinking some E&J and I was getting high. So by that time, the police come to the door and just smoke is just coming out of the screen like... <laughs> He came to the door knocking. He said, uh, sir, I, need, I said, now, you know, it was a false call, man. I'm sorry. He's smelling all of that weed. He's like, now I'm going to have to come in. I'm like, no, nah, for real. We good. Everything. I'm, I live here. Everything is fine. You, I, had, I had a quote on the table. I had High Time Magazine uh, posters on the wall. I had black light pictures. You know, back. We was a little crazy. I understand that. So that night, he said, well, you know you're going downtown. I said, right, can I make me a phone call? I'm just going to keep it real. Let me make me a phone call. Let me call somebody to have a little money down there for when I. Ain't nobody here ever been to jail? Oh, y'all that? Okay. Anybody ever bailed anybody out? Thank you. I think I'm at a praying church. But things, now that happened twice to me. So God had to begin to show me, listen, no matter what you try to do, there's something that I have for you. 
So I was lost and I didn't know I was lost and I didn't want to talk to my family because I knew all they wanted to do was church. So I ran from my family. Don't listen. People are running from you right now. Listen, they, they know that you got the power. They know you got the fire. Let them run. Let them, let, listen, stop threatening. Let's stop sweating over them. Look, that grandkid is coming back. That son and that daughter, they're coming back. I'm telling you right now, stop sweating it. You set your feet. So as a friend and you continue to pray, you continue to speak that word of God. That husband is coming back and that wife is coming back. And those individuals that God has called to come back, they're coming back. And some that's left, you don't want them back. I used to see my family members and I used to be like, oh my God, here we go. And you know when you high, you can't stop talking. You be like, I gotta go, but I'm just saying, while I'm here, I might as well tell you about, you know, I'm just saying, you know, and yesterday I saw this thing on the Cosby Show, and I thought, you know, it was real good, and I've been thinking about you guys a lot, and you know, you know, I, I don't know, I'm real hungry right now, but I don't know why. Uh, how such and such doing? They just looking at you like. I guess nobody here ever got high. I get it, Pastor. You got a powerful church. You got a clean church. Amen. There's no spot or wrinkle in here. This is the church that Jesus is coming back for. <laughs> Verse 21, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes to his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf. And he began to pour all it out for him. In verse 24, for my son was dead and is alive again, but was lost and is now found. And they began to be merry. The Bible says that heaven rejoices over the conversion of one sinner. Even more so over the church of the 99. And that's what I love about the lost thing. See, the lost thing, see, in this particular chapter... We talk about the lost sheep and the lost silver and also the lost sons. What I love more about God is this. He will leave the 99 just ones to go after the one. I rock with that. And that's still called the good shepherd. The good shepherd leaves 99 to pursue the one. And I'm glad that I was that one. I was glad that he neglected the 99 to come after me. The interesting thing about that is most preachers today, not yours, they will coach and rub on the 99 and say the one has missed God. Say that the one must have a devil or the one didn't like me know how. Oh, I'm glad they gone. That's a problem. That's a problem. Because the good shepherd is concerned about the one. The good shepherd. Now let's move on to the elder brother. And I'm going to close this out. Verse 25. Now the elder son was in the field. Now the elder brother represents church folk. And he came and he drew nigh to the house and he heard the praise and worship. He saw the dancing and he called unto one of the servants and asked, what is going on? First and foremost, I'm a son and I ain't invited. Like, really? And he said unto him, verse 27, thy brother is come and thy father have killed a fatted calf. Not just a calf, not just a skinny one open in the corner that nobody recognizes, but the fat calf. Because they have received him safe and sound and he was angry. 
And he would not go in, therefore came, therefore came him, his father out, and entreated him. You ever been here on a Sunday morning when one of your friends come in here and get saved? And you feel bad about that thing, don't you? Because you've been partying with them all week and didn't realize they was ready to come back to Jesus. Or, or you were spouse here, you've been married over 16 years and there's some young pretty thing or some young handsome thing coming here and get saved. And you looking at your spouse like, you better not be you. You better turn your, you better not, you better, ooh, you. I bet you are ready to restore the right hand of fellowship. I, that's how church folk are. When certain people come in here and they want to have an altar experience, they really want to be real before God. You say, man, now why do they have to wear that? This is a holy church. You ain't got to wear that up in here. Look, that's nasty. Like, this ain't the club. I know the lights down. We got some pretty lights up there, but that ain't what you saw at the club. Everybody ain't happy about people repenting. And that's true. That's church. And the funny thing is, and you can tell because when it comes time to like to like consolidate a church member with like to follow up with one, why no how come nobody wants to do that job? Nobody wants to go and help anybody to get clean. Nobody wants to follow up. Nobody wants to spend time with that person. And when you come, it's like you got the plague. Why is it prison ministry is the best when you go to the prisons, but let somebody get released? Let's let somebody get out of jail. Like, man, I'm out, man. You, man, you preaching all them powerful messages, man. I'm so glad to be out. Ooh, when it's church next week. So can we holler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see you when I see you. Like, but wait a minute. You had all that to say when I was in the belly of the well, when you was coming in there preaching all of that powerful stuff to me. Now it's just. See, 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 what you don't understand about prison ministry is this. They have fellowship and they also have discipleship every day. They're always with one another every day. So when they're released, now you got the family members that don't want to fool with them. Now you got the community that don't want to fool with them. Now they can't get a job and the church. You all have turned your back. Like, wait a minute, like, wait a minute. Like, you can wait to get in there and get your little Bible study message off. You can wait to get your little revelation off to somebody that could not leave. But now, I'm out. Where you at? The disciples said, Jesus, when do we do these things? They said, when you did it to the least of these. You've done it to me. Like, don't be all, don't, you know, when Pastor, when Pastor and Lady Tiffany giving you the big ups and, and shout your name across the crowd, you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was me with that. That was me with that. But when it comes time, they say we need somebody to help with the kids. You're like, nah, I ain't, <laughs> nah, bro. I don't even like my own kids. I know I'm about to come in there and help with them. <laughs> ain't no way. That little kid, nah, you know, I can't even stand that little kid. That kid right there need a spanking. But we have all pledged our lives to Jesus. He said we give up everything else to follow after him. He says when you pick up your cross to walk, that means I ain't coming back. When I got saved, I was selling reefer in rural hall. That Monday morning, I would give you the reefer. You pay me Monday morning because we got paid every week. When I got back, they said, here go your money. I said, no, nah, I'll keep your money, fam. I don't even do that no more. I'm done. Like, 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 I sold you weed Friday. Monday, I'm reading my Bible during break. That, that's just how it happened for me. And listen, I'm not gloating. I'm just telling you how powerful God is. And I didn't even think about the money. I didn't think about any of that. 
I got rid of my pages. See, see, there's certain things that has. See, see, when you were lost, you weren't thinking right. Your mind went on the straight. You, you went on the reality of where you needed to be. And the people that were it was like, well, what are we gonna get raven from? I was like, that ain't my problem. They were like, well, you don't want to bring that raven from East Winston. We in real hard. Like, stuff we got up here ain't no good. Like, once again, that ain't no problem, but such as I have. I'm ready to give you this. Ain't nobody trying to hit that man. I go to church too. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. <laughs> I'm coming to a close. I'm talking about the elder brother now, the church folk. Just as lost as the one they went out and spent all of his money. Said he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted. Verse 29, he answering said to his father, lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgress, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a pork chop, piece of chicken, bologna sandwich, that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this clown, who don't spend all our money, because he was the eldest son, which means he was going to get the inheritance, right? That's our money. So this cat right here, you blowing all of this dough on? Isn't it funny that the people that are the most faithful in this ministry sometimes have the most gripes? Look, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I do. I do this. You understand what I'm saying? This, this ain't no eight to five. This is 24-7 and my phone rings. You understand what I'm saying? When somebody in the hospital, they want somebody to come. And sometimes you're the only one that can come, right? When the alarm go off at the church, sometimes you're the only one that got keys. And I have to go and my wife be looking at me like, really? Like right now? But the most faithful of us sometimes are the most ungrateful. Because this son is saying, well, listen, I deserve praise. I deserve a party. I deserve all of that. Where my stuff at? Some of y'all sitting in here, and I, and I know how it is. Because some of y'all got here probably about 6 this morning. You would probably leave another hour after everybody finally stopped having their conversation to walk out. And you still mad. And you got, you got this thing on the inside of you. You really want to say something to the pastor, but you ain't got sense enough to because you know it ain't God. Look, look, this, this, this is what I do. And sometimes that's been me. And God's like, no, 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 no. So see, see, see when you get that way, you're lost. You, you, you forgot the main thing. See, what you're focusing in on is your works. Your works. See, what happens is, remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he said, listen, I want to be on your team. He said, well, follow all the commandments. He said, I done done that play. I done done that. I'm on the team. He said, well, sell all you have. He said, hold up, man. Hold on. Hold on. You just see what I pulled up in, man. You know how hard I worked to get that? You mean somebody new want to join the praise team and they're going to get to sing a song before me? Like, no, you ain't going to do that. No, you ain't going to do that. No, 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 no. You ain't going to do that. She can't even sing. 
that's a problem. And you still up in here doing words of telling people to enter in, but the whole time you like, ooh, I can't stand her. Ooh, why she got to sing so loud? Turn her mic down. Turn number four down. Number four, turn that down. Number four, turn that down. And you can't wait to get outside. And, they, and the message was powerful. People got saved in here, but as soon as you get in the car, you get on the phone. Did you hear her? She was squeaking. She didn't know the words. You're lost. And you in the house. Verse 30, and I'm finishing. He says, but as soon as thy son was come, which had devoured the living with the harlots and that had killed the fatted calf. And he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. Verse 32, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and now is found. The interesting thing is it makes me go back to the book of Genesis with Cain and Abel. When God says, where was your brother's keeper? Here it is, the elder brother. He could have pursued to go after his brother if they really had relationship, but they didn't. Same thing happens in this house. When somebody ain't been here in three weeks, why you ain't call? Pastor can't call everybody. Why you ain't go and go, you know, let, let's go to Chick-fil-A, let's talk about it. What are you doing? You get in the car like, I ain't seen them such and such, I ain't seen them. You know, ever since they took the mic from us, she ain't been back. <laughs> ever since they couldn't serve a usher, they ain't been back. But now you looking like, well, look, let me get that mic. Let me sing. She gone. I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> but the reality of it is, and I'm closing. The parable of the, 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 the lost son is not just about the one that went out and did all recklessness. It's also about the one that's in the house. Don't you sit up under this powerful ministry and be lost. That's pride. That's pride. Humble yourself. And you come in and you give everything that you can. God says, when you serve me, I want all of your heart. I want all of your mind and I want all of your soul. Don't be a part-time lover. Don't be like somebody just come and go with the wind. Don't be like the children tossed to and fro, carried about with all types of doctrine and whatnot. Listen, if this be your man of God, if he say tomorrow we're going to worship candy canes, you ought to just consider, I'm going to go get me a pack. <laughs> you trust. I know, baby. I was, I was a little deep. I was a little deep. But if this man of God said, we're going to start having church outside, and if it rain, you're going to be faithful to be outside. Because if he's heard from God, that's what you've got to trust. See, the father in this position could have seemed somewhat reckless to restore his son. But that's how God is. God's love for us is reckless. It doesn't make sense. Remember the parable about the people that were working. They said, come and work. You're going to get paid the same wage no matter if you work one hour or a full eight. And people are disgruntled. Like, wait a minute. They ain't been here doing all of this work. They ain't been here. They said, but you knew what it was before you signed up. So if you're going to be a part of Fellowship Church, you honor the man of God. And you humble yourself to come in this house and make fellowship the best ever. Let's pray.
Father, we just thank you this evening, this morning. I'm sorry, Father. We thank you for the grace of God that's upon us all. Father, I just right now, I just make, I just make an altar call right now, Lord God. You don't have to get up and come up to this altar. But if you identify with that younger brother, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Or maybe you've been in a backslidden condition. Maybe you've been sitting in the church for years, but you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now is your opportunity. I want to just raise, just raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will save you. And listen, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'm going to give it to you. If that's you, just raise your hand. You've been in this house, and you're here this morning, and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I just want to pray for you really quick. If that's you, just raise your hand. And it's young adults. You can even be in leadership. I've seen it happen. Just because you're a leader don't mean you're not saved. Amen. The elder brother, number two, maybe you are sitting in this house. And you're disgruntled. You, you're angry about something right now. I want to tell you, brother sister, you're just as lost as a younger brother. With all hearts and minds, I mean all eyes closed. I want you just to raise your hand if you just be honest. Just be honest. And I know that's bold to do. But I know what the Lord asked me to share. you may be the father maybe you're in a family or maybe you're the head of a household and your heart is to make sure that everyone is taken care of God loves you God wants to encourage you I want a prayer prayer of encouragement so for the first it was salvation for the second it was restoration and for the third it's just encouragement Father, I just pray right now, your grace right now, Father, that if any here that they're not saved, that today they accepted you as their personal Savior. Y'all repeat after me, Father, I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to stay. Today, I denounce all things of evil and my past. But today, I ask you to come into my heart to stay in Jesus' name. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe three days later you rose to victory. Today, I know that I am saved. Amen. Second prayer. Say, Father.